The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America, welcome to the 56th ever show and show four of year two of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. And in 15 minutes, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. My highlight of the week was Larry Bird being named the NBA Executive of the Year, thereby becoming the first person ever to win the league's Most Valuable Player Award, the league's Coach of the Year Award, and now the Executive of the Year. And I can't think of a more appropriate person than Larry Bird, who I watched up close and personal here in Boston during the 1980s. Uh, Can't think of anybody more appropriate than Larry, Larry Legend, to uh, be the first person ever to win this trio of awards. The result of Larry's work in winning this particular award, NBA Executive of the Year, was certainly on display last night as the uh, Indiana Pacers absolutely demolished the Miami Heat at home. And, you know, I was looking at specifically Roy Hibbert out there, who, of course, Larry Bird played a major role in drafting. And, uh, yeah, so it was just terrific to see. And I mean, another great draft pick, you know, Tyler Hansbro, you know, perfect for that city of Indianapolis. And uh, he has put together quite a team, to put it mildly. And uh, maybe the biggest game in the history of their franchise since the uh, old George McGinnis ABA days will be coming up uh, this Sunday when they host the Miami Heat in game four, and that leads right into my low light of the week, which is basically the stunning disintegration in the last two games of the Miami Heat. Things we never thought we'd see, we've seen this week. Dwayne Wade literally played his worst game ever as a pro 
meaning a game of any importance whatsoever, last night. And he had more turnovers than points. He got into a dust-up on the sidelines for all of America to see with Coach Eric Spolstra. And then after the game, in talking with the media, did not even... uh, said he didn't remember what incident it was they were talking about, which uh, weighs pretty good with the media, typically. I was actually uh, covered in Miami Heat practice last year when they played the Celtics in the playoffs last spring. Uh, But he did not cover himself in glory with that last night. And then uh, LeBron missing the free throws at the end of Game 2 in Miami the other night. Uh, incredible. We talked about him not being a, dis- a closer. He got in the, you know, he's had a couple physical, near physical altercations where guys from Indiana are throwing elbows his way and he's kind of responding and kind of not. Uh, he's clearly being disrespected as evidenced by uh, the choke sign that was uh, that one of the Indiana Pacers Reserve players uh, executed from the bench when uh, when he missed a free throw last night. So it's just uh, in two games, less than a week, the entire dream of the Miami Heat, uh, their big three of a couple, uh, just a, a year and a half ago, literally, when they were formed, seems to be disintegrating before our very eyes. And they're clearly circling the wagons. They just, within the past couple of hours, canceled their practice for today and, more importantly, media availability. So, uh, again, they're going underground and, uh, and circling the wagons. So, absolutely fascinating to watch. And, again, Sunday in Indiana, where they... Uh, now, there's a crowd that knows basketball. Uh is going to be just an epic game. I mean, the Heat, to say their backs are against the wall, is obviously an understatement. I'm sure that Pat Riley is uh, getting involved at this point. And uh, we'll see We'll see what they, they've got left. Obviously, much of this demise this week has been keyed by the loss of Chris Bosh, long considered the least important of the big three behind Wade and LeBron. But now... Uh, now you have to wonder. Uh, maybe it's a more important piece than uh, you know than all of us thought. My bizarre story of the week, uh, sticking with the compelling NBA postseason, is Kobe uh, basically being the main reason that the Los Angeles Lakers gave away a seven-point lead with uh, two minutes to go against the Oklahoma City Thunder the other night. Uh, Again, incredible to see. Uh, It basically started with Kobe missing shots, but then he he gave through a horrible pass that Kevin Durant intercepted and dunked, and then Kobe let a pass go through his hands right on the sidelines, out of bounds, thunder ball, they score again. Kobe misses another couple shots, and basically uh, the Thunder, to their credit, took advantage of the opportunities that the Lakers and Kobe presented to them, and they scored and pulled it out. So they now have a 2-0 lead, and uh, 
and headed to Los Angeles. So that's going to be fascinating. And, and how about the, uh, you know, one of the keys to this is they're playing tonight, obviously at 10.30 Eastern time. And then very, very importantly, they're playing back-to-back, meaning they're playing game four tomorrow night, exactly 24 hours later at 10.30 Eastern time again, both in L.A. So uh, Lakers are treating it like not only they have to win tonight, they basically have to win both. And uh, so obviously tonight's result will have a gigantic impact on tomorrow's result. Uh, We could be looking 2-2 in the uh, blink of an eye or a sweep in the blink of an eye. Uh, But it's all going to happen and unfold tonight. And uh, that moves us into the other game tonight, which is, of course, the Boston Celtics, who have had quite the interesting week, to say the least. Uh, After losing game two up here in Boston to the Philadelphia 76ers uh, with a controversial ending where Kevin Garnett was called for uh, a moving screen so the Celtics never even had a chance to get off a shot. Um, and that's basically how the game ended, and the Sixers won by one. But then the Celtics, as, the, as they have done, this current edition of the Celtics with their big three, uh, went down to Philadelphia the other night and just put on an absolute clinic. They've done this a few times uh, over the last few years, and uh, but I've never seen them do it better than the other night. Uh, you know, I've been covering the Celtics in this postseason, as you know. I was at their game day shoot-around uh, the morning of game two, which was Monday of this week. And, uh, you know, just uh, fascinating to watch. I mean, most importantly, Kevin Garnett. He, is, uh, he has just been reborn. Not only did we never think we would see this again from Kevin Garnett, I don't know that we've ever seen it before in his illustrious career. I have never seen him more offensive-minded. He is absolutely demanding the ball and then going to the hole with it. Uh, Just absolutely love his shot. It reminds me a lot of when Kevin McHale played for the Celtics, where basically every time he shot the ball, you expected it to go in. I've now reached that point with Garnett. you know, he not only makes shots, he, he makes them with style. I mean, his swishes are like no other. Uh, it's just nothing but net. The net's literally jumping as his shots rain down, even, even on his bank shot the other night. Uh, the net's jumping, so he is just in a groove. He's had, you know, 27, 28, and 29 points all in the past week, week and a half. Uh, figures we absolutely never saw, thought we'd see again from Garnett. Um, so it's it's just say what you want about Garnett, and I know there's a lot of people uh, are not Kevin Garnett fans, and uh, yet you know even if you're not a fan, and Tim Duncan this week came out in Sports Illustrated yesterday and made it very clear he is not a fan of Kevin Garnett. Uh, you have to watch in amazement at what he's doing at his age. With, uh, with the mileage, the NBA mileage that he has on his wheels. So it is really just something special to see. Rondo, the other key player from their absolute demolition of the Sixers the other night down in Philadelphia. 
I've been watching him, this guy enough, uh, and he did it again the other night in the in the big victory. Uh, he is, for my money, simply the most fun player in the NBA to watch. Nobody else does what he does. It's truly remarkable to see. And, uh, you know, when he has the ball in his hands, you just don't know what's coming next. But chances are it's going to be pretty darn good. Uh, his behind-the-back pass the other night, off the charts. He's doing a dozen things per game when he's on that simply nobody else does in the NBA. So it is just something else to watch. Uh, you know, the, pr- the problem with Rondo, as I've said on this show before, is, you know, he he doesn't always show, show up. You know, when you get the good Rondo, and you certainly get the good Rondo on national TV most, most times, uh... Something to behold, but there are games where he just simply seems to disappear, and uh, so we don't want to see, uh, you know, too much more of that because to see the good Rondo is to again see something else you just can't get anywhere else in the association. And lastly, uh, Paul Pierce, um, obviously under fire. His first two games of the series were abysmal and he came out and started a little slow in game three uh but then he just got it going two dunks in a row i've been a pierce watcher for years have rarely if ever seen that and what was most unique was he was literally letting loose with primal screams during these dunks and other plays throughout that especially the first half when he really made his presence known uh, he was just absolutely uh, willing himself and his team to uh, just, uh, again, a demolition of a pretty good Sixers, very athletic team. And uh, so Pierce was, uh, he delivered when he had to. And it was one of those games where, uh, you know, by his delivering, it, it lifted up his teammates, specifically Rondo and Garnett. So, again, they play tonight, huge game four. Have the Celtics broken the Sixers' will? That is the question. They really, really wiped them out the other night, so it'll be interesting to see if the Sixers have anything left. And most interestingly, if you take the long view and and the short view of the series, uh, after tonight, they're off until Monday. So unlike the Lakers' Thunder, who play tonight and tomorrow back-to-back, the Celtics and the Sixers after tonight don't play until Monday, and we all know that the key to any deep run into the playoffs for the Celtics at their age, obviously, is rest. And after the tonight, they're going to get it. And uh, so, the NBA playoffs, again, ultra compelling, so many storylines, so much fun, and, uh, and it's going to be great tonight, and it's going to be equally good uh, tomorrow, but Sunday... Uh, Again, with uh, Heat Indiana is just going to be must-see TV. So now, as my former co-host, Lemon Williams from outside the huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next, we'll have Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post joining us. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
sports have become a big part of everyone's lives today. We all have that team that we live and breathe to follow. We watch hours of football on TV, play Madden sports on our gaming system, and our wives can't seem to tear us from the couch. If this sounds like you, or if you're a football wife who wants a few words, we want to hear from you. Listen for Life, Love, and Sports, featuring your host, Ron Dixon. Ron takes you inside the world of sports and finds out what you, the fan, are talking about today. Listen Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. When it comes to youth and high school football, listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstand10football.com. Your national resource for youth and high school football. First and Ten Football airs Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you're listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now Back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the week when we typically have guests. And on the line with us now is our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. Barry, how are you today? I'm terrific, John. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, well, I talked uh, at the top of the show about the compelling NBA playoffs, and I know you're a NBA guy like me, so uh, why don't we just jump right into the most recent information, which is, of course, uh, the Miami Heat. A couple of hours ago, they canceled their practice and media availability. So after last night, they're clearly circling the wagons. Yeah, I would, that, 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 that's the exact phrase I was, I was actually thinking about before, right before, uh, right before calling in today. It's funny. You know, uh, when you watch what happened last night with everything that transpired, with, you know, the, the obvious exchange between uh, Eric Spolster and Dwayne Wade, um, and the aftermath of that, you know, saying, well, you know, it's no big deal. You know, this happens, you know, whenever you're, you know, whenever you're in a heat, heat of the moment kind of thing. And you, know, you almost, you almost could buy that, except, you know, you know, the heat is really getting exposed. You know, Chris Bosch is out for the entire season. And who would have thought they would have missed Chris Bosch that much? I mean, when you look at the big three, he's clearly the number three uh, guy on the big three. 
But you right. know, without him, there it 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 it, it, short, it shortens the bench. It, uh, it it maximizes the impact that other guys will have on this team. The other guys have to step up, and and the Heat have shown they really they don't really seem to have the 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 strength uh, the strength from the bench. And instead, you know, like you can almost buy the heat of the moment kind of thing. Except they followed up today by canceling practice, canceling media availability, which shows me yes, I agree with you hundred percent that they are certainly in you know, uh, us against the world mode and, you know, having uh, dealt with Pat Riley years ago when he coached the Knicks back in the mid-90s, I, I can tell you that, um, you know, and if you've read any of Pat Riley's books and you don't know about, know about you know, where he's, where he's coming from, he's always called the media the peripheral opponent. You know, it's either with us or against us, you're the out or you're in, all of this kind of thing. So, you know, this doesn't really surprise me that much, um, you know, what they've done today. Uh, again, you know, you could have just, you, you could have almost blown it off as a, as a heat of the moment, no pun intended, kind of thing. Uh, maybe pun is intended, you know, given, given the situation. But um, right. yeah, I mean, if, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna respond to what happened last night by canceling practice and canceling your your media availability, then clearly yes, you are you are in a mode where you're going to okay, let's 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 keep all the outsiders away. We're gonna keep all this in the family. We're gonna work this out. Uh, we're gonna, you know, get back on track. But you know, the problem with all that is, you know, now, you know, you're you've become kind of a spectacle on national TV, and you know, Pacers clearly in a position. There's nothing, you know, they're they're loving this because no pressure's on them at all. All the pressure's on the Heat. I mean, it's a great place to be if you're the Indiana Pacers. You're up, you're up two one in the series. Um, you know, you have game, you have uh, game four at home with a chance to go three one on the Heat. Who would, ever, who would ever think that we'd be talking about this? But yet here we are. So it just goes to show you that you know you still you know you can say everything you want, and we all do this as, as you know as prognosticators in, in sports. And you know we all know sports pretty well. We like to think we know what's going to happen and project and predict. And a lot of times we do. But you know this is why we play the games because you just you just don't know what's going to happen. And again, you know maybe we're realizing that that Chris Bosh movie is a little bit more valuable than we thought he was. I don't know, but whatever the case. Uh, the heat down, they're teetering, and they're you know they're kind of on the ropes here suddenly, and you know uh, suddenly the dream team is looking uh, like a bit of a nightmare. So uh, it'll be real interesting to see what happens in Game Four. But uh, as we know in sports, also you know one win can fix everything. You know they win Game Four, it's two-two. All of a sudden, you know they're 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 back to where they want to be. They get home court back, and you know winning solves everything. You know, and, and as we've discussed many times. On this program, you know, one of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite people, Doc Rivers, you know, he, he always says, you know, when you win, you're a genius, when you lose, you're a moron. So, you know, that, that's really what it comes down to. And, you know, the Heat certainly have the, have, have the ability, they certainly have it within themselves to right the ship. But, you know, will they do it? We'll, we'll have to just wait and see. Yes, uh, great points all, and clearly, you know, your use of boxing analogies is perfect, and the big question is, can the Pacers deliver the knockout blow on Sunday? And uh, and it is, it's like a, a boxer teetering in the corner, no question, that's how the Heat are. But, you know, last night's game really was set up by the end of Game 2 in Miami the other night, which was punctuated by LeBron's uh, missing of the free throws in the last minute, which I was watching live. I just could not believe. I mean, 
you know, if you're the best player in the world, you have to step up and hit those free throws. I mean, LeBron closing is a hot topic, as we all know, and it's one thing you can debate, you know, till the cows come home about, you know, him attacking the basket and passing when he shouldn't and this and that. But, you know, there is no excuse for him missing not only those two free throws, but another one. So I think he ble- I believe he missed at least three in the final minute. And so LeBron is the closer. It continues to be, you know, quite the topic. And when you combine that with Kobe's uh, worst close ever to an important game the other night, I mean, he basically was the reason they lost, let's face it. Um, you, you know, it just brings that whole... You know, and LeBron obviously was compared to Kobe as a closer and, uh, you know, not a very good one in comparison with Kobe. And to have LeBron miss those free throws and not close yet again the other night, uh, not to mention Wade, who is a closer, missing that layup. Um, You know, have that followed by Kobe, who is the closer, then, you know, giving away a game. It's all, you know, it's unbelievable stuff to how it happened in like a, a 72 hour period. Again, you know, I file this under the category of, uh, you, you can't make this stuff up. You really can't, you know, it, it just heightens the drama to put it mildly of where we're, uh, you know, where we're going to be for these next couple games. I mean, a lot of drama for tonight's Celtics-Sixers game. More drama, much more drama for tonight's Lakers-Thunders game and tomorrow night's Lakers-Thunder game. And then, you know, the, the, the real big drama, of course, is, you know, for Sundays because there's, for Sunday's game four with the Pacers and the Heat because obviously there's a national fixation on the Heat, period. Well-deserved. They asked for it, they got it. And how did they respond to it? They canceled media availability today. So the media darlings are suddenly uh, avoiding the media. But uh, so, Barry, you know, um, it's pretty incredible to watch. I'll tell you, uh, you know, just the various ups and downs of these closers. Kobe not closing, who is the closer. Wade not closing, who is the closer. LeBron, who is not a closer, taking it to new and lower levels of, by missing foul shots at the end of game two. So with that said, we will take our break. And coming back on the other side, Barry Rubenstein will still be with us. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go. You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. 
In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. He'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. What if there was a program that brought the best in sports and the best of entertainment together in one place? It can be done, and Darnell Autry proves it every week on Outside the Spotlight. In this program, athletes and artists come together to share their success stories, hobbies, professional projects, and more that will interest not only the sports fan, but fans of entertainment and other human interest stories. If you have something you want to ask your favorite athlete or entertainer, listen for Outside the Spotlight, Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is one 888 346-9144. And on the line still is our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. And Barry, I was talking at, uh, you and I were talking at the end of segment two about closers. And LeBron missing the two free throws in game two, to me, is what set up last night's route by the Pacers of the Heat. And then, uh, you know, compare that against Kobe's Failure to close, Kobe being known as a closer, LeBron not being known as a closer, and uh, but Kobe's failure to close, and in fact, basically giving the game away uh, against the Thunder the other night when uh, the Lakers were up seven with two minutes to go, and Kobe made a couple of key errors. So give me your thoughts on closing, LeBron, Kobe, and for that matter, even Wade, Wade who failed to close the other night when he missed the uh, layup, uh, we're seeing stuff we never thought we'd see. Well, you know, here's the thing about, you know, when you look at Kobe versus LeBron, okay? I mean, yeah, they both, either one of them came up, came up winners, and, you know, both of them kind of fell on their face. But here's the difference. Kobe is never afraid to take that final shot, as we all know. I mean, how many times has he launched a three at the buzzer to win a game? How many times has the game ended with the ball in his hands? And he's the one, he wants the ball at the end of the game. He wants to, want, he wants to be the one that has, has to say whether they're going to win or not. He's, he's always been a leader that way. He's always been the guy. He's always been the guy. He's always been the guy that, that wants the ball at the end of the game. I'm not sure LeBron is the guy that wants the ball at the end of the game. I mean, we've seen him hesitate. We've seen him pass the ball off to D. Wade or somebody else at the end of the game. I just don't know that, you know, men, you know mentally, I don't know if if it's the same same thing between LeBron and Kobe, I mean, I think you know Kobe wants the ball at the end of the game. Is he, is he going to fail sometimes? Yeah, you know that's just that's just the law of averages. I mean, you're not going to succeed 100 percent of the time. Nobody is. None of us will. But the desire is there. The, the desire to want to be the guy is always there. When you talk about Kobe Bryant, always one of the hardest working guys that's ever played the game, and he's the guy that always wants the ball at the game on the line. 
I don't know if you can say that about LeBron at this stage of his career. And, and until we really start to see that, until we see him with the ball at the end of the game, until we see him succeed in those situations, you know, multiple times, uh, you know, Michael Jordan, another one, always wanted the ball at the end of the game. You knew. You knew where the ball was going. When you were playing the Bulls in their heyday, you knew who was getting the ball. 99% of the time, it was going to be Michael, and almost always he, he succeeded. That's because that's, that's why he was so great. So, you know, until we start seeing more of that from LeBron, I, I just don't know if we can kind of include him in, in, in that same class. And even with, with D. Wade, I mean, D. Wade's always been the guy that wants to pull at the end of the game. It's part of the problem that you have two guys on the team that are kind of, you know, both looked to as, as guys who should be or want to be or, or perceived as that guy. So it's kind of hard when you have two guys on the same team that are, that are in that situation. So it could be uh, a matter of LeBron maybe deferring Wayne Wade maybe. But, you know, certainly if, if, if LeBron wants to be recognized and, and if we are to recognize him as, as that kind of guy, you know, in the same breath as a Kobe or a Michael or any of the greats, Larry Bird, and these the guys that have, that, have, that have always had the ball in their hands, you know, when the buzzer's about to go off, you know, we just, we just need to see more of that from him. He just kind of has to take that next step forward, and it just, it just has not happened yet. It most certainly hasn't. Again, uh, you know, he has to make those two free throws the other night. He just, or I think he missed three total in the last minute or so. You know, it's one thing not to have the ball in your hands and attack the basket, you know, to, to, to defer and pass and whatnot. Um, but, you know, when he was literally forced to, you know, close, if you will, uh, with the foul shots, you know, he missed them, and he's a good free throw shooter, so you can draw your own conclusions, but clearly, uh, you know, he didn't deliver there, and yeah, yeah, it's just going to dog him until he uh, does it, not once, not twice, not three times, but multiple times, as you said, Kobe, you know, he gets a pass, he just does, you know, he, he's done it enough, um, you know, what was shocking was it's one thing for Kobe not to close. Uh, you know, he, he hasn't made every game-winning shot he's ever took by any means. And, uh, in fact, I heard figures yesterday that he gets he makes about 30% of them. LeBron, believe it or not, we're talking regular season now, actually has a slightly higher percentage than Kobe on last possession shots when the game is tied or, down, or your team is down. But... Kobe gets a pass, you know, but the shocking thing the other night was that, you know, he didn't not only close, he made unforced errors, such as the, the, the pass that was intercepted by Durant, the ball going through his hand on the sidelines, and then a uh, number of missed shots to boot. But, right. you know. Right. Yes. But it's also all about perception, too, at this time of year, too, because, you know, yep. You know, while while LeBron might have, you know, the, the numbers during the regular season may have been better than LeBron. I mean, you know, when when you know, when you do it against 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 Charlotte or against you know one of these other teams during a regular season game, people aren't really paying attention to. You know, now you're during the, you're you're in the playoffs and you're you know you're on on the national stage. You know, this is what people notice, and you know, sometimes sometimes uh, you know perception becomes truth. And I think this is one of those uh, one of those situations because now everybody's watching. And now you got the focus, and okay, uh, LeBron's going to miss those free throws. You know, if he does it, in, you know, in the, in the game in the, you know, in February against the Nets, maybe people don't notice it that much. But you know, certainly, uh, you know, in Game Three of the uh, 
of the playoffs against the Pacers, people are going to notice. So, yeah, I think that's the situation we find ourselves in here. Oh, absolutely. And just to close out on this discussion, uh, and that's what makes the, you know, this current state of the NBA playoffs so interesting, you know, how is LeBron and Kobe, and for that matter, you know, the Thunder are going to respond this weekend, but most importantly, uh, you know, how is Dwayne Wade? I mean, I've never seen him play a worse game ever, period, than last night, and then he gets in the dust-up with his coach, and then he says after the game he didn't remember what the media was asking him, you know, in response to questions, he didn't remember what they were talking about, which was obviously ridiculous. Uh, I've never seen Dwayne Wade play a worse game than last night. He has to be injured, because that wasn't just a bad game, that was epic bad. Yeah, he definitely didn't have his, uh, have his uh, A game last night, for sure, so, uh, you know. He had his F uh, game. Yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll figure that out. Yeah, well, again, how they respond is really, it just sets up for a great, great weekend. And speaking of how they respond, you know, the other uh, game of great interest tonight, obviously, is, you know, Celtics Sixers. How will the Sixers respond? I mean, they're a young team. We're not talking about how's Dwayne Wade or LeBron or Kobe going to respond. The Sixers are new to the party, shall we say. Uh, the big question is, you know, did the Celtics break their will the other night? Uh, there's a, certainly a chance they did because they, they beat them up pretty bad. Yeah, and, you know, game four is, 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 is you know, really kind of, kind of the, the, the turning point of kind of the crossroads of any playoff series because, you know, it's, if it, you know if it's, two, it's usually, you know, if it's 2-1 in game four, you know, then you down, you tie it, then it's pretty much a best of three, everything's even healed again. But if you lose, if you can't lose game four, game four is, is always huge. It's going to be huge for the Sixers. Uh, you know, absolutely. So, you know, we'll, 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 a lot will uh, will uh, come out in the laundry in game four for sure. You know, uh, we'll find out. If the Celtics did break their will, we'll know it. And if they didn't, we'll know that too. So, yeah, game four is kind of the game you look to as kind of, you know, the crossroads or any kind of turning point or any kind of, um, confirmation as to the way that series gonna, is going to go most of the time. You know, a big difference between being being a 2-2 and being down 3-1. So uh, we'll see how that works out. Oh, yeah. Well, they're going to be fired up in Philly tonight, uh, to say the least. Friday night, uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, Philly's last stand. And to me, you, you know, and I know I'm based here in Boston, but I think even if you take a step back, if you had to pick what is the biggest surprise, and I don't mean surprise like the Indiana Pacers beating the Heat, but just individual player, what do you make of the play of Kevin Garnett? I mean, to say he's being, he's reborn doesn't even do it justice what he's doing right now, to, you know, have three games in the past week or ten days of 27, 28, and 29 points, not to mention, you know, huge rebound numbers, all of it, block shots, the, the whole package, uh, I don't ever remember seeing him so offensive-minded throughout his career. Well, yeah, I mean, he's certainly uh, certainly playing like, like a renaissance man, isn't he? I mean, he looks looks more like he just took uh, 10 years off his age. You know, he's, he's playing the way that, that we remember him playing, you know, back when he was with the, with the Timberwolves and, you know, his early early days in Boston. And he was kind of, you know, taking, taking a page out of the... Uh, 
of the great Kevin Garnett playbook. So, you know, this is why he's a superstar. And, you know, superstars are going to be able to, to, you know, even though if they get, get older or get broken down a little bit or, you know, some people might think they're done, uh, whatever, you know, that's why they're superstars. They're, they're able to, to rekindle that, that feeling, to be able, to be able to rekindle that game, you know, uh, you know, there's a reason why, uh, why they're superstar players because they're able to do this. And, you know, even, even if, uh, if age has, you know, kind of, uh, age and, you know, everything has kind of broken down a little bit, you know, you're still able to come up with these kind of types of performances every now and again. And that uh, timing couldn't be better for the Celtics. It really couldn't. I mean, again, it's no matter what you think of Garnett, and he has his detractors to be sure. Uh, it is fascinating to watch uh, if you're a fan of basketball, period. There, there's no denying that. Uh, and, you know, Rondo, I, I was saying at the top of the show, I mean, to me, he is the most fascinating, interesting, fun player in the NBA to watch because he's the one player that when, he, when the ball is in his hands, I get excited. Like, I'm going to see something I may not have ever seen before. And frankly, or a variation of something that I haven't seen before. And frankly, he, he delivers a pretty good percentage of the time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that, 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 that's a good analogy. And he's an exciting player. Uh, you know, he's, he's certainly he has his glitches too, as we've seen. But, uh, oh, yeah, oh, no doubt about that. Yes. Yeah, so, but for the most part, yeah. I mean, you know, if, if you're. If he's got the ball, you know, you, you know that something you, you might you know, there's a really good chance that something exciting is going to happen. So, you know, just on that alone, you know, just having that potential to do something like that in that type of situation, you know, that that can only be a positive for the Celtics. So, you know, yeah, things seem to be rolling uh, on the play right now, and I, I have a feeling it's going to continue. Yeah, I mean, to me, right now, you know, and I know I'm based in Boston, and maybe a little biased, but you know. To me, there's nothing more in to get in basketball that gets me excited than seeing Rondo with the ball in his hands, coming off transition, out in the open floor with a couple of guys on on the wings or whatever, uh, potential recipients of his passes. Uh, to me, I, I like just like sit up straight in my chair and move to the corner edge of my seat to watch because I, I know that there's a good chance I'm going to see something really, really cool. Uh, like the behind-the-back pass the other night, which was just incredible to me. Uh, and he does it multiple times per game. And uh, just as we wrap it up here, uh, this segment, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't, uh, you know, if we didn't mention Paul Pierce and what he did the other night, especially with the primal screams after his back-to-back dunks. Well, yeah, he's had some issues, too, you know, injury issues and age issues, as, you know, all these guys have. And right. again, I think it's just a situation of, you know, rising to the occasion. I mean, obviously Garnett's doing it, and obviously Paul Pierce is doing it too. So, you know, you're the, you're the big, you know, we're all talking about, you know, uh, as the window closed on the big three. Apparently it is not. And they're doing their best to keep that window open, to jam it open for as long as they can, and then, you know, hopefully get another run out of these guys. So, so yeah, I mean, the, 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 the Celtics fans, I'm sure, are excited about this, and as they should be, because uh, you know you've got uh, you know you've got some superstars put together, and you know you're able to you know keep it going for as long as you can. You know, excited about. 
Absolutely right, Barry. And, you know, it's, uh, I mean, we all want to see, you know, and obviously things are breaking right for them. Uh, you know, they got the Sixers instead of the Bulls with, you know, once Derek Rose went down and Noah, and now they're looking at every, all of America wants to see Celtics heat until last night when all of a sudden the heat don't look so, uh, so inviting and promising. I will take the other side. I, I want to see heat too as well, heat Celtics. But, uh, the thought of Heat versus India or Celtics versus Indiana Pacers, i.e., with the executive of the year Larry Bird running the Pacers, uh, that could be a pretty good sidelight. I realize that Larry Bird will not be on the floor, but you know, uh, I think that could be an interesting matchup. But yes, all of America wants to see Celtics Heat. If you know, and if the Heat can get their act together to you know to resemble what we thought they were as recently as four days ago, then that, that that's just going to be epic, to say the least, because then, the, you know, they'll be back to be in the heat. And, you know, the heat team that, that we, you know, are they who we thought we, they were? If that team shows up and plays the Celtics, uh, it, it's going to be, uh, it's just going to be so compelling. I mean, that's the series of the year, without a doubt. That's what everybody wants to see. I would agree so, with that, and that's what we've talked about all year, and I would agree with that. Yes, yes, th th that'll be great. So in a weird, strange kind of way, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing the Heat, you know, return to being the Heat and winning this series. But with that said, I think we've covered basketball pretty well here, and uh, it's time for our break, and Barry will be sticking us around for the last segment when we're going to talk a little hockey. to the pros we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports we some hard hitters we some hard hitters hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show your hosts are nfl veterans mark mcmillan and co-host byron evans it's an hour of hater free radio every week You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Fantasy sports is where the action really is. Over 40 million people play fantasy sports, but rarely do they get to quiz the experts. Fantasy Insights is the name and the game. Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports 
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And back on the line with us is Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. And Barry, we covered uh, NBA postseason playoffs pretty thoroughly. So now let's move into another subject near and dear to your heart, which, of course, is the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. You're down in New York. The Rangers are in it. uh, Tied 1-1 in the Eastern Conference Finals with the New Jersey Devils. And you and I are both members of the media, so to see... John Tortorella, coach of the Rangers, to see his uh, 36-word press conference the other night was uh, was not something to behold. So, Barry, it was, uh, yeah, Tortorella. Short and to the point, put it mildly. That was pretty unique uh, press conference after the loss to the Devils the other night. Yeah, uh, you know, but the, here's the thing. I mean, if, 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 if those of us who have been watching the Rangers all year, he's done this from time to time. And it's a really, really nothing. I mean, it, it's becoming a big story because it is the Easter Conference Finals, and you've got a lot of media who have not watched the Rangers all year, and they're kind of they're kind of parachuting in, and, you know, they see this. But this is really nothing new. He's, he's done this during the season, you know, after losses. Um, you know, in, in some ways, it's way of, you know, kind of, you know, taking some of the pressure off his Team, I think, uh, but you know he has not made many friends among the national media. But this, this is this is how he operates. Um, you, know, you know, the guy does come with a certain amount of cachet. The guy didn't win the Stanley Cup, so you know he's he's certainly proven that that he knows how to coach. Um, and you know, if you watch the twenty four seven series on HBO, the Rangers Flyers um, during the regular I season, did. he actually you know, it's funny because. The John Tortorella you saw during 24-7 is completely different from the John Tortorella you're seeing right now. Um, you know, you'll remember the storyline where there was a uh, uh, a young disabled boy in a wheelchair who was a big Ranger fan, and, and Tortorella would call him after games, and he would, you know, play host to the kid when the kid showed up at the garden, and he was, you know, real real, real friends with them. And, you know, there there is, a side, there is a human side of John Tortorella. We don't really see it. We're not seeing it very, very well right now, but... Uh, I think there is, but, you know, I, I guess the point I'm trying to make is if, if you're followers of the Rangers, this is really nothing new. Um, you know, uh, is it, do I agree with it? No. I mean, you know, you always want, you always want coaches to be uh, accessible. You want them to be quotable. You want them to, you know, give insight on the team and on the players and on the situation at hand. Uh, and, then, you, know, you know, granted, he has not supplied that. Uh, but, you know, the, the fact of the matter is that, that, that just has happened before, you know. I'm, I'm not condoning it in any way, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 uh, it, 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 it certainly you know sheds a negative light on on on, on John Tortorella and on the Rangers. But uh, you know, he's going to stick with, with what he thinks works best in the situation. I mean, you know, he, he's coaching his team uh, that had you no know, uh, top records in hockey, top seed in the Eastern Conference. Uh, and you know he's going to go with, with with what he knows. He's going to go. He's going to coach the way he thinks is best, and the way that has worked all season long. He's not really going to depart from that. So I, I don't. I don't know that we're going to see any change in this anytime soon. So uh, 
you know, be prepared for some very short uh, post-game press conferences, I guess. You know, if they win, it might be a little different, but, you know, certainly if they lose, there's, there's not going to be you know, a, a whole lot of insight uh, coming from uh, John Tortorella regarding New York Rangers. Yeah, well, it's one thing to do it during the regular season, but it's a t- an entirely different story to do it, uh, you know, in the in the postseason when you have the national media there, and uh, so you know, I, I don't think it was his finest moment, uh, and plus it was slightly surprising. I, I realize it was a game two loss uh, at home, um, but you, you know, it wasn't like you know the end of the series or whatever. Uh, I thought it was a slightly extreme for the circumstance. Again, it wasn't, you know, like a, a series ender or whatever, and uh, or game two. It's it's not an absolutely devastating blow that you can't recover from. But uh, that said, Barry, what are your thoughts about what's going on on the ice with the Rangers and the Devils? Well, it's interesting because because uh, in all. In the entire Stanley Cup playoffs so far, the Rangers have failed to win Game Two in all three of their series, which is kind of interesting. But I think that um, I think Henrik Lundqvist has been terrific. I think he's been the reason the Rangers have gotten this far because they just don't seem to score goals. Um, you know, they, they they're not built that way. They're built to be defensive first team, uh, you know, blocking shots, and you know, uh, if anything gets through, you know, you're pretty pretty well certain your goals stop it. Um, you know, I, I think they have a little more talent than the Devils do. Certainly the Devils have uh, Marty Verdure, uh, you know, to fall back on, you know, maybe one of the, maybe the greatest goalie ever to play the game. Uh, he is 40 years old, however, and you know, maybe his best years behind him for sure. But I think that uh, if you just, if you put Lundqvist versus Verdure, you have to give Henrik Lundqvist the nod, and I think the Rangers have, have, have too much talent. And I think the I think they'll get back the Devils in this series. Um, you know, I think the Western Conference uh, is the the most surprising thing is how roughshod the LA Kings have just won over everybody, and it's just it's been very surprising. Um, but again, you know, it just shows goes goes to show you how far you can go with a hot goalie. Jonathan Quick has been as good as Lundqvist, if not better. Um, and and between the Rangers and the Kings, the Kings seem to be able to have that. Offensive firepower to put the goals they need. They all whether it's a guy like Kopitar, whether it's a guy like Dustin Brown. Uh, you know, they seem to be able to pull out all the stops. You know, Mike Richards has been very good for them. So, yeah, I mean, they they've been able to pretty much have their way with everyone they played as an eighth seed. And here's something very interesting, a little factoid for you. Um, they they are, I believe, they're the fifth team in uh, NHL playoff history to. Have one loss at this stage of the tournament, um, having won uh, eleven, uh, gone gone eleven to one after twelve games. Um, the previous four teams have gone to the Stanley Cup Finals. None of them have won. So it's just, it's just kind of a little, little interesting oh. tidbit there. Yeah, it's, it's hard to believe, right? You would think that the you know, team that gets really hot would stay that hot, but it never happens. So uh, you know, good kind of good news, bad news there for the Kings. That's amazing, Barry. Wow. Um, that I, That's definitely, that's why we have you on, for facts like that, <laughs> among, among the many reasons we have you on. Uh, I had no idea. And, uh, you know, just quickly as we're about to wrap up the show here, we're down under a minute, uh, 
I do just want to mention that one of the coolest things I saw this week, uh, runner-up for highlight of the week, was uh, watching Manchester City beat uh, Queen's Park Rangers for the uh, Premier League Championship. I guess the I guess Manchester City first championship in about 44 years. It's their I guess they're sort of like the Red Sox cursed franchise, so to speak. Uh, the Red Sox back when they had gone 86 years. And as listeners of the show know, I covered Manchester United, the world's most famous sports organization, last summer when they were up here playing in Foxborough and Gillette Stadium. And, uh, of course, Man U lost out when Manchester City won on two goals in stoppage time, which is just basically incredible. Um, you never see that. So quite the story. I, I, the trophy presentation uh, was as good a trophy presentation of just spontaneous outbursts from both the team and the fans. And then there they are in Manchester, England, and they start playing Hey Jude. Uh, it, it was just really one of the coolest sports moments I've seen in a while. And I just think the way they do it with every team playing on the same day to ultimately decide it. And Manchester Union thinking that uh, they won the championship, but then Manchester City wins, scores two goals to snatch it back. Fabulous stuff. Did you see it, Barry? I did not. Uh, I was in the office, but, you know, we, we, we obviously followed it. And, you know, I think the one analogy to look at, you know, when you have a situation like that, I think Manchester City is kind of like the – kind of like – if, if if you're going to call Manchester United say the say the Red Sox, I would say that Manchester City is kind of like the the old Boston Braves, you know, really in the in the shadow of of of, of Man U. I mean, Man U maybe the most the famous soccer team in the world, and have Manchester City actually you know win the Premier Championship, you know, after all these years, and especially the way they won it. Yeah, it's it's, it's great theater, and you know, again, we we talk about this all the time too. This is why we love sports. This is what we follow, and this is why we watch them. So, uh, so uh, congrats to Man City. Yes, it was really cool. And, Barry, thank you for joining us. And, as always, thank you for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. 